Welcome to Life-Giving Water Messages, where I expound upon the Word of God and through the internet deliver it to you. My name is Reverend Todd Laddick, and today I'm bringing to you the message entitled Party Time, based off of 2 Samuel chapter 6, verses 1-5 through 5, and verses 12b-19. through 19. So, let us dive into the Word today. Then David again gathered all the elite troops in Israel, 3,000 in all. He led them to Baalah of Judah to bring back the Ark of God, which bears the name of the Lord of Heaven's armies, who is enthroned between the cherubim. They placed the Ark of God on a new cart and brought it from uh, Abin. Adab, pardon me, Abinadab's house, which was on a uh, on a hill. Uzzah and Ahio, uh, Abinadab's sons, were guiding the cart uh, that carried the Ark of God. Ahio walked in front of the cart. David and all the people of Israel were celebrating before the Lord, singing songs and playing all kinds of musical instruments. Lyres, harps, tambourines, castanets, and cymbals. So, David went there and brought the Ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with a great celebration. After the men who were carrying the Ark of the Lord had gone six steps, David sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf and David danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly garment. So David and all the people of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy and the blowing of ram's horns. But as the ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Michal, the daughter of Saul, looked down from her window when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she was filled with contempt for him. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the special tent David had prepared for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. When he had finished his sacrifices, David blessed the people in the name of the Lord of Heaven's armies. Then he gave to every Israelite man and woman in the crowd a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins. Then all the people returned to their homes. Amen. Most people take life seriously. And we should. It's such a precious gift that we have life at all, so it is important that we respect and cherish it. Just like life, religion is personal, it's very personal, and, and a gift to, to those who practice it, and it is important to respect and cherish our religious beliefs as well. And just like life, we don't just respect our lives, we respect the lives of all hu human beings, of all creatures. Uh, and the same thing with religion and, and religious beliefs. We don't just respect our religion or our religious beliefs, but we respect those of others because they're personal. And we take them seriously. 
However, serious need not mean joyless. Now, I love to have fun, to live life, to, to, to be spontaneous. What's that? Huh? Oh, I'm sorry. That was just, I just had the urge to throw that in there spontaneously. <clears throat> so, um, that's the sort of personality I have. I have a hard time with people that take things way too seriously, and no doubt they have a hard time with me, just two very different personalities, them and I. Now, don't get me wrong. I know when to be serious and when not to be. I know there is a time and place for everything under the sun, as King Solomon wisely taught us in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. However, one can be too serious and can take themselves too seriously. I'm not one of those people. I am not at all <laughs> one of those people. If you haven't already noticed, I love my God, my life, my family, more than words could ever qualify. I take those things, those people, those aspects very, very seriously. God is at the center of all I do. Even when I mess up, Christ is at the center of my life. Doesn't mean I'm always following Christ. Doesn't mean I'm always doing what, what would make Christ happy. But it is my aim in life. It is the center of everything I do. And if I get it wrong, sure, I'm human. But, but that is the center of everything I do. Nothing is more serious to me than that. I love my family with all of my heart and do everything I can to, to provide and support and you know a good life for them. I love life. I love to travel, to explore, to create, to experience life at its fullest. With that said, anyone who knows me knows I can act spontaneously. I can come up with an idea and then go 150% toward it on the turn of a, dime, of a dime. I can be impulsive. But I am also cautious when I need to be. I'm committed. When I commit to something, I, I stick with it, come hell or high water. I'd like to think I balance those two, some days better than others. But God gave us life to live and to enjoy. So yes, we're to take those things seriously, but we're to live and to enjoy life as well. That is what worship is. It is the ultimate expression of our thanks and praise of God for the life God has given us. Worship is the ultimate expression of the joy we have in our salvation. That God loved us so much that he suffered the cross and death for us. Worship is supposed to be a celebration. 
every Sunday when we gather, it's a mini Easter. It's a, it's a celebration of, of the Lord's day, the day that the Lord rose from the dead, Sunday, the day the sun rises. It's supposed to be a celebration. It's supposed to be filled with jubilation and praise, singing and partying, rocking out and dancing for our Lord. I want to liken it to my recent trip to Walt Disney World. I was there with my family having the time of my life. It was the first day that we were at Disney's Hollywood Studios and I was super excited to be there. I mean, I, I for anyone who's a Disney fan I, I, or a Star Wars fan, I probably don't need to say this, but... I was excited because of the new Star Wars land, Edge of Galaxy, that they built. We were lucky to have gotten through the lottery system, and we were going to get to go on the rise of the Resistance. An amazing ride that blends physical sets, CGI, animatronics, and... A cart that zips you through a Star Destroyer as you seek to escape the evil First Order. Now, if you're not into Star Wars, let me quickly put this into perspective for you. Think of Star Wars in terms of World War II. You have the Resistance. They're like the Allied forces fighting against the evil First Order, which are an evil dictatorship under a powerful commander named Snoke. You can think of Snoke as a sort of Hitler. And the First Order is like the Third Reich. These are really bad people. And the Resistance are freedom fighters that have organized to bring the First Order down. So there we were. But we had a little time left before we went on the ride. As such, we were going to go on Mickey Mouse's uh, runaway train ride, which was also new. So I, I dressed, you know, I was dressed in a tank top, shorts, Crocs, had a, had a gro, you know, a Grogu hat on. And, you know, Grogu, Grogu is the Yoda-like baby creature. And by baby, I mean he's 50 years old, uh, who is the main focus of the, of the Mandalorian series on Disney+, Plus, which takes place in the Star Wars universe. In other words, there we were. Grogu and me, all in boyish excitement, when one of the workers, a, a retirement-aged gentleman, said, Boy, he's childish, isn't he? To my daughters, with a smile and laughing. Now, again, he was... I mean, he, not again, but now he was he was just joking around, and uh, and I'm sure... He had a big smile on his face and was trying to get a laugh out of my kids. But it took me by surprise. I mean, especially coming from a guy in his 70s or 80s who's employed by a mouse and dressed like a conductor on a runaway tune train. Hashtag just saying. But the words took me by surprise because that is exactly why Walt Disney built Disneyland. So the adults could be kids. Novel concept. So they could have fun along with their kids and enter the world of make-believe. This same Walt had a, 
running full-sized toy train in his backyard. This is the same Walt who had limitless imagination. Walt would have been childish to this man too, probably. Again, this man was working at Disney and just trying to have fun. His words weren't meant to be insulting, or at least I didn't take them that way. But they did make me think, you know, on a deeper level beyond this one individual. Some people are just uncomfortable around someone who likes to have fun, to use their imagination, to see things differently than most see things. Of course, this this man has seen countless people dressed like me running through the parks, you know, like that. He was just having fun and playing around like, oh, look at the big child, you know. Um, that's fine at Disney, but could you imagine if I were walking around in the world with a Grogu hat on and Grogu sitting on my shoulders, what people would, would think of me, how I'd be treated. I'd be like some freak weirdo. Like, who is that guy? What does he think? He's at Disneyland, you know? (laughs) Well, yes, he wishes he was anyway. He always wishes he's at Disney. Some people are... Just uncomfortable around someone who likes to have fun, to use their imagination, to see things differently than most see things. And that's what I was beginning to think about with when it came to this, you know, this this gentleman's response, which was just kidding around and in the context of Disney, but would have been a real response out in the world. Some people are just uncomfortable around People who don't take things seriously. Don't believe me? Look around the Protestant church, the mainline Protestant church in particular, and hey, why not pick apart my own denomination? Look at the Methodist church. Folks, John Wesley was a visionary. He was serious. Sometimes too serious for his own good. But I think he liked to play. Now, John would not call it playing. Everything was an opportunity to serve Christ. Nothing was to be trifled with, right? Trifle, like play. Don't play around. Don't trifle. Uh, John wasn't much for trifling. But sometimes God calls us to play, and everything, while everything was an opportunity to serve Christ, John loved doing that yes and he had a playful side to him and sometimes he used that playful side while serving christ and while he was playing he wasn't trifling there is a difference once in georgia once in georgia he heard of a boy who was getting bullied because he didn't wear shoes to school because the kid couldn't afford to so what did John what did John do? Well, he showed up as the minister, ready to teach the class without his shoes. Suddenly, the boy who couldn't afford shoes wasn't the laughing stock anymore. He was like the teacher. Or rather the teacher was like him. 
He preached in fields when it was considered improper to do so. He had people at his meetings, as did the later American camp uh, meeting Methodists. He, he had people at his meetings who would have ecstatic experiences, shouting and dancing, passing out during the, his sermons and, and the music. Picture it. People gathered in a place like Ocean Grove, New Jersey, camping for an entire length of time, literally getting high on God and partying it up in, a spirit, in spiritual ecstasy by shouting amen, singing and dancing. Friends, believe it or not, that was the beginning of the Methodist Church. Look at us now. <laughs> Oh, we're not one of those churches, are we? Singing. Barely. <laughs> Dancing? Heavens, no. What sort of devilry is going on here? Shouting? Amen? I don't know. Do we shout amen, folks? All jokes aside, what happened to the joy, to the love, to the passionate expression of our thankfulness for being saved and redeemed? What happened to that? We are typically inviting people to a dirge, if we invite them at all when we should be inviting them to a party. It's party time, dudes. Today's scripture is pretty straightforward. David had been made king. What's more, he besieged Jerusalem, and that is where we picked up. He was triumphantly bringing in the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem, which for, forever became known from that point on as the city of David. And all of Israel were, were, all of Israel was rejoicing, praising God that they had gone from a kingless people who started off as slaves in Egypt, became nomadic wanderers in the wilderness, had taken over an entire land as their own, and now were a people with a king and a capital. Things were looking great for them. David, dressed in priestly garbs, was leading the people in celebratory worship, giving all of the credit to God, who is their true king and deliverer. David saw himself, for the most part, as God's representative, one whom God had put in charge of caring for people, a shepherd of sorts. God, the heavenly king. David, his earthly counterpart. Of course, there were politics behind this too. We can see that in Michal's response. She was disgusted. According to 2 Samuel, the reasoning was protocol. David wasn't a priest. He also wasn't a court jester, yet he was dancing and parading around indignantly like a street rat. Perhaps that, perhaps that was the only reason behind Michal's disgust. Maybe she also was disgusted at the fact 
that she was married off to the one who usurped her father's throne. Whatever the case may be, she was embarrassed and disgusted by David's behavior. I can almost hear her say, You're acting so childishly. Stop it. But David was not going to stop. Despite pressure to tone down the party, David kept on leading the celebration. He couldn't help himself. God is just that good. Amen? Friends, what is worship for you? Is it a dirge that you are obligated to go to? Is it something that should make you feel dignified and respectable? Something that feeds your ego and the status you attribute to yourself? Or is worship a celebration? A time to show your ultimate expression of joy, of your joy in the Lord? Are you ready to celebrate? If so, say amen. Come on, say it louder. Let's mean it. Let's feel it. Let, let's let it pour out of us. Amen? Come on, clap. Now, if you're driving, clap in your head. But if your hands are free, clap. I want to hear your clapping come back at me through my earphones. Clap. Let's give our Lord a huge round of applause. If you love Jesus with all your heart and you are able, stand up. Let's rise together. Let's keep applauding. Let's shout, woohoo! Let's praise Jesus Christ. For he has saved us. He has redeemed us. He has liberated us from the bondage of slavery to sin and death. He, was, he has washed us clean in his blood and delivered us into the promised land of his eternal kingdom. As God's agents and ambassadors of Christ our King. Let us praise God right now. Let us join together. If you are home or driving or wherever you are, I hope you are either standing uh, or shouting and praising. Whatever you're doing to praise the Lord, I hope you are letting it all out. All of your love of God, I hope you're letting it out right now. I hope your neighbors are wondering, what the heck did this person take? I pray that we as a, a congregation, as a church, as a global church even, a global congregation, I pray that we as Christians get known as those sh crazy shouting, stomping, jumping Methodists, or those crazy shouting, stomping, jumping Christians, if you're not a Methodist. I pray that we grow in our love, joy, and excitement of the Lord so that we draw the curiosity of our fellow community members. Let us be a church, a people in the church that bring the contagious love of God out into the streets. Friends, it is party time. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, I just thank you and praise you for 
your presence with us and you're inviting us into this great party of yours. We thank you, Lord. Um, what else can we say? You are great. Praise, we praise, we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, uh, check out the episode notes. Uh, in there, you'll find out uh, all the information you need to know about uh, life-giving water messages and our ministry. There's a link to the Party on John cast. Do check us out. It rocks. Uh, how can it not? Uh, also, I would say this. Um, uh, if this is your main sustenance and uh, you don't attend a church, uh, but this you listen to this regularly uh, and would like to give, the links to PayPal and to uh, Tidely are there. Uh, if uh, if you uh, do attend another church, um, then and this is supplemental, then give to your church. Of course, if you want to give to both, none, neither your church nor I, us will uh, deny you that that uh, right. Uh, and we, uh, we love all of the generosity we're shown. But friends, remember, remember that you are richly blessed so that you may be a blessing to others. Amen? Amen. Go in peace. Amen.